Greetings! On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your awesome agape love. It is unconditional. We thank you for loving us in any condition. Whatever situation, whatever sin we committed, you still love us. The Bible says nothing can separate us from your love. We thank you, Lord, that you love us regardless of our past. And we just thank you today, Lord, that you're healing hearts with your love, that you're restoring people, that you're bringing people back to their place in you. Lord, we thank you that that today that you are gracing us, that you are empowering us, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is being released, that the eye of every heart is being flooded with light. Lord, we thank you for those that are hurting, that you're healing their heart. You're healing their heart, Lord. Lord, we pray for that on today in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that yokes are broken today, addictions are broken today, that bondages are broken today by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we pray even now that your kingdom is coming, that your will, hallelujah, is being done today in this service, in the, in the mighty, in the, come on, say that, say in the mighty Come on, say, in the mighty, hey, in the mighty, come on, say with me, say, in the mighty, come on, say with me, in the mighty, (laughs) come on, say, in the wonderful, in the awesome name above all names, come on, in the name above all names, in the name above all names. Come on, in the name above all names, in the name of Jesus, we declare it is so in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say amen and give a shout of praise. Come on, give a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for your love. You may be seated. Thank you for your love, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. We thank God for his love and his mercy. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and we're going to start reading at verse 1. Say verse 1. So it says, for there is what? For everything there is a what? There is a what? It says, for everything there is a season, a time for every what? activity under what? So we keep reading verse 2. It says, a time to be born and a time to what? Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's coming. A time to plant and a time to what? Harvest. Verse 3, it says, a time to kill and a what? A time to tear down, a time to build up, and a time to build up. Verse 4, it says, a time to cry and a time to what? Laugh. Last week we were talking about grieving. It says a time to what? Grieve and a time to dance. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, after a while, you got to get your dance on. Verse 5, 
Verse 5, it says, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away. And verse 6 says, a time to search and a time to quit searching. This is a lot of time, amen. A time to keep and a time to what? Tell your name, say your name. Sometimes you got to just throw some stuff away. Amen. Verse 7, somebody said, I love it, though. Throw it away. Amen. A time to tear and a time to mend. And this is what I want to focus in on. A time to what? Be quiet. I mean, no, that's, that's important. That's in the Word. It's a time to be quiet. And it's also a time to what? So we've been, we've been talking about real talk, okay? We've been on a series called Real Talk because there is a time to speak. Amen. There's some things that we do speak to God about, but there are other things that we speak to people about, others about. And so we've been trying to navigate in this past month through some of those areas that we should open up about. And we talked about offense. Jesus talked about when you're offended with your brother or there's offense that there needs to be a con- or there should be a conversation. Y'all with me? And we talked about going through that conversation, admitting it, agreeing, you know, and, 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 and there were other points. And, and then we talked about grief last week. Amen. Because how many know some of us, because of our job situations, the death of a loved one, uh, different things that are going on in our life, we go through grief. How many know we grieve? Okay, we're sorrowful, we're sad. We're, so we talked about that's kind of normal, and, it's, and it can also be beneficial um, if it's leading you away from sin. Grief is not a bad thing, or to grieve is not a bad thing. It's in Scripture. So if you want to go listen to that, go check it out on our podcast. I believe it's, it's, it's uploaded on our podcast already, so you can go listen to it and kind of read, go, go through that again. And then this week, we are, uh, we're talking about real talk rebound. Say rebound. Okay. Rebound, in a sense, means to bounce back. Say bounce back. Okay. You know, last, last month, I started, I, at the end of the series that we were talking about last month, uh, pressure series, um, we talked about temptation. And we talked about, you know, the, 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 the subject of temptation. You know, it's important to, the song says, it's good to know he'll be there whenever I fall, but it's better to know I don't have to fall at all. And so we, we know that we don't have to fall because according to Jude 1, I believe, verse 24, it says, God is a God that can keep you from what? Fall. So we know we don't have to fall, but there's some things you have to do to, to prevent yourself from falling. Amen? But then there are moments where we, quote, unquote, do make a mistake and we do fall. And I believe it says the just man falls seven times. And so there are moments where in our Christian life, um, in, in a place of being saved, that we make mistakes and we are overtaken by a particular sin. It might be an addiction. It might be a bondage. Um, it, you know, it, it can be anything ranging from uh, uh, pornography to, come on, let's talk real. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe there's some other things that we struggle with, bitterness that has overtaken us. It's, it's destroyed all of our relationships. Uh, it, it could, basically, if you think about it in the team player mindset, it's we're injured. Say we're injured. Okay? And so, you know, there are some injuries that take place in the body of Christ, and we would know where to go if we injured our – how many ever injured, like, your, your, a part of your body, like a, like a knee or a leg? How many of you ever had to be carried off? You never been carried off? Oh, y'all were just about it. Y'all were just about it. Y'all just limped all the way to the hospital then. You were still limping, though. And then some people try to play it off like nothing. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But uh, anyway, when you get injured, it, it can shut you down. All right? I mean, it could, you know, it, your, your back, you know, you pull your back or whatever. It can, it can shut you down. It can shut down your mobility 
and your ability to do things. And really, I think that's what we're going to focus on today is, is what happens when, when, when you get trapped or you fall into a place where, you, where, where injury, spiritually speaking, is overtaking you. Like, how do you rehabilitate? How do you go? Like, we know what to do physically speaking, rehab. How many of you ever been through physical rehab? And they got your knee, they put you in all. Thank God for you. Amen. Raise your hand again. Was it a long process? Okay, so, like, the question is, so how do I do that? Thank you for sharing it. How do I do that spiritually speaking? Okay? And so we're going to talk today in regards to relationships about how do I find a person? Because it's really about finding people. I'm going to read a scripture to you in Galatians 6, verse 1. You're going to queue it up, where it talks about a certain group of people that should be helping you to be restored. Or, to, in other words, to rehab you. Say rehab you. Okay? So, so Galatians 6, verse 1 says this. Say rebound. Okay? Now, I do want to make one point before we read. Rebound, we know in basketball, when you get a rebound, what are you doing? You're getting the ball after, after, after someone. Can, if they make the shot, can you get a rebound? Okay. It is only a rebound when they miss it. Okay. So a rebound is all about when you miss it. I know y'all make it a lot of times because y'all so sanctified. Amen. But how many know we miss it sometimes? And so when you miss it, you got to get in position to get the what? The rebound. So what we want to talk about today is how do you, like, how do you rebound after you miss it? And so it says right here, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is what? Overcome by what? You who are what? Should do what? And humbly help that person back, say back, onto the right path. So we're, we're talking about something that hits you so hard, it's taking you off the right path. How many know that can happen? I mean, you're just, I don't, be, I don't believe we're really talking about like, a, like, like even a one hit one. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about this thing keeps hitting you over and over to the point where you almost like being pit stop. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 I mean, you, you on the side of the road and the ambulance coming, the policeman coming, it says they, that person back onto the right path and be careful not to what? Into the same temptation yourself. And then verse 2 says this, share each other's what? Burdens. This is what this team year is all about, sharing each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. Verse 3, and it says, if you think you are to what? To help someone, you are only, <laughs> you are only, you're only fooling yourself. So we're going to just open up with that scripture. Say rebound. Say, it's time to bounce back. Now, I believe it's very important for us as a church and for us as a people to be prepared either to help somebody rebound or to know where to go in order to rebound. Amen? In order to bounce back. Because all of us, if you read through Scripture, there are different people who got hit with different... David, for instance, fell with Bathsheba. Amen? And he committed adultery and he murdered... He murdered her husband. I mean, that was pretty tough. But he also, but he, then he said, Lord, create in me what? A clean heart. And renew in me a what? In other words, he was, he was, he was bouncing back. Amen. So, so like how, like what is, your, what is your strategy for bouncing back if you fall in that category? Can I tell you this? If you don't need to bounce back, there might be a time in your life where you might need to bounce back. So even if you don't need to use it today, you might need to use it in the future. Because how many know life can get hard? And, and all of us can wreck. Y'all know what I'm talking about? 
all of us can wreck, and we, we need to know, like, where to go to, like, be able to rebound so that we can get back on the right track. And so there, there, I would say there are different people, even in Scripture, you read about in 2 Corinthians about a man, I believe he was sleeping with his mother-in-law. That's pretty, that's pretty serious, right? And, 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 and they told him, Paul said, go forgive that man, bring him back in. And, and there, in Scripture, you will see where people made mistakes. Come on now. And so what I want to do is I want to just talk about four things to remember before we get into this to, 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 to this, to what I'm calling a rebound assistant, because there's a certain person that I want to encourage you as your homework assignment to go and look for. I'm going to give you the attributes of them, but, but, and, but I want to give you some points because I think my whole, one of my main hearts or, or, or heart motivations in this is to help to break down stigma, say stigmas. And that's why we're talking about things like grief, and, and, and that's why today we're talking about rebounding, because there are some issues that sometimes we don't like to address because of the stigma attached to it. And we don't like to tell somebody that I'm slipping and that I'm falling. I mean, I mean what do you do when you have a title, but you still are, your, your life is grimy, and, you're, and, and you're, still, you're still looking at something you shouldn't be looking at, and you're still talking to someone you shouldn't be talking to, and and I'm not talking about youth, just you. I'm talking about adults. Y'all know I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about you still stealing or, or you're still, what, 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 I don't know what it is, but all of us have something. And if you came out of it, don't, get, don't, don't think too prideful of yourself because you can go right back in it. If not for the grace of God, all of us can slip right back in that thing. Are y'all with me? So, so um, can, tell your neighbor, neighbor, can I be real with you today? Can I be real? Okay. And, and so I, I want you to start at number one. First, first thing to remember is that everyone has the potential to be overtaken. Okay, that's the first blank. That, that means everybody, everybody can fall. Say it say everybody can fall. Say everybody. It, it, everybody can slip. In First Corinthians ten verse twelve, it says something. First Corinthians ten verse twelve. We can go there on the screen. I'll look at it on my uh, catch it on my phone. First Corinthians, it says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to what? And then in Galatians chapter 6, we just read, he says, when you're helping people, you got to be careful. You got to watch yourself because if you're not careful, you're going to fall into the same thing. It, it really, it says, don't even ha- don't have a superior mindset, okay? Because pride is one of the quickest ways to fall. And sometimes we all can think like, hey, man, I, I just, I can't fall. I'm just too, I don't never do anything wrong. Be careful saying that. Y'all with me? Okay. I know this is a pretty tough, tough subject because we're talking about sin today, but I believe this is a conversation we need to have in the body of Christ. Because I believe, what, I mean, what do you do when you're wrecked? So, number one, everyone has the potential to be overtaken. Everybody in this room, whether you are saved, you're delivered and sanctified, you can be unsanctified and back in, back in bondage again in about two seconds. Come on now. It, 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 if you don't stay in his grace. Number two, God loves people unconditionally. God loves us unconditionally. This is what you need to remember because we're going to talk about the conversation, but you need to remember this like when you're talking to people that God loves me unconditionally. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now, now grace comes out of love. That's a whole different story, but God's love for us, for me, for you, say it's unconditional. Okay, so, you know, it's amazing because if the truth be told, when a lot of us were in those compromising situations, God's love was still strong. And if the truth be told, sometimes we felt God's love right there in the midst of it. I mean, we cussed them out good and we still felt God's love. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about? 
Y'all don't know what I'm talking about because y'all perfect and y'all holy. Amen. I mean, how many, can, I, can I just make sure I'm talking to the right way? How many ever done something that's just grimy? Amen. How many of you got some grimy past? I mean, stuff you don't even want to bring up. All right, I just want to make sure I was in the right room because I, see, but, but even in the midst of that, God loved us. Can I be honest? I, I've done some crazy stuff even as a pastor. I didn't get amens because people think that pastors are, are supposed to be perfect people. You're supposed to be sinless. I can tell you, I haven't been sinless since I've been a pastor. Is that too much for you? I know how to repent, though, and I know how to confess. And I'm still a child of God. I'm still going to heaven. You ain't going to heaven now. How are you going to say that? Because you're a pastor. So you got, okay, you different than, okay, all right. But, 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 but I, I think I need to say that because, again, my, my whole, again, the, the, one of the main goals of this whole series is to let people know that, that struggles, I said this Tuesday night, it's not a problem to admit you have a problem. I think, I think a lot of us think it's a problem to admit we have a problem, so you stay stuck in your problem because you can never admit it. Hopefully, hopefully that frees some of you up because some of you are like, well, I, I wonder what sin it was. that passed. You don't need to be concerned about a sin I committed. Y'all nosy. Let me say this, though, to you. I do want to say this to you. And I want you to hear this. God can use anybody. Let me, let me just say this to you. Never get being used confused with you being in right relationship with God. You said the business is still going well. I still, I still got my gifts in operation. Can I tell you, sometimes those gifts will still work without repentance. And, and you don't get it confused. So I don't want you to, okay, so understand this. So coming back, say coming back. Because y'all got, y'all got your pastor distracted. So coming back. So number one, everybody can be overtaken. Number two, what, what's the other thing? That God's love is unconditional. Like, can I, can I just say this to you? If you don't get set on the fact that he loves you, the truth that he really, say he really, really, really loves you. Like some of us think God is like, I love you. I love you not. I love you. I love you not. What's the little thing with the flower you pick? I love you. I love you not. Like, some of us think God is, like, up there going, like, I love you, I love you not. Now, there's a difference between God's favor and God's love, but, but for the love part, I love you, I love you not. Yeah, you messed up today, I love you, I love you not. Like, I love you, I love you not. Like, I might kind of love you today because you, you looked at this person wrong in church, but I, then I might love you not. And you're going back and forth. Can I tell you this? Until you get set on the fact that God has cleansed you from all your sins by his blood, that you are condemnation-free and that he loves you, you're probably never going to grow. I'm just going to tell you right now, if, if, if your whole relationship with God is based on what you do, you'll probably never grow because you not really receive grace. You receive works. And you can only grow in grace. You can't grow in your self-righteousness. Are you with me? So until that, until like, like I don't care what it is that you've done, until you come to a place where you settle on this truth that God loves me unconditionally, you're probably not going to see your maximized potential. Because can I tell you this? When you are guilty, you will be weary. Guilt will, will wear you down. You say, why don't this person ever have joy? Because they're, they're depressed from their guilt. Guilt will weigh you down. Are you with me? Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I'm glad to sing your prayer. Because why? You feel, you feel condemned the whole time you're worshiping God. 
how many of us in this room right now are still condemned about things we did 10 years ago? I'm not, it's not about condemning you. I'm just asking a question, like, because until you get that realization that he loves me, and not only that he loves me if you've repented, that I'm saved. I think sometimes in the church you can feel like some Sundays I feel saved, some Sundays I don't. That's not how your salvation should be. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if the enemy can cause your salvation to go in and go out, he will get you unsettled. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You have to set, like your faith has to set in the ground. Are y'all with me? Like, like it has to, I am saved. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And because I realize that the righteousness that's been put in me has, has to now be worked outside of me. So then that's when my conduct begins to change. Are y'all with me? So my attitude begins to change on the job. I begin to love people. The Bible says we love, we love him because he first what? So if you, I really believe if you don't get the, the fact that he loves us, then you're not going to be able to love out. So it says, number three, God wants us all to be free from sin. Say, God wants us all to be free from sin. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In other words, God wants us all to be free. He, don't want, he doesn't want bound children. He wants free children. Amen? Number four, we are valuable to God. You remember that. You're valuable. And I know we've all heard this idea at a motivational conference, and, and they, they, had, they had the little crinkled, wrinkled dollar. They had the straight dollar, and it still had the same value. Amen? And, and I believe no matter how many wrinkles you have in you, now, it might be more you got to work through to be used. You ain't going to be able to use it in the vending machine. You have to iron it out a little bit. Y'all get what I'm saying? But if you get it ironed out, it's still a what? That's what some people struggle with. They, they trying to put a wrinkled dollar in the vending machine, and they wonder why they ain't get it. Sometimes God got to iron you out. Amen. <laughs> Is that a good example? Did that make sense? <laughs> some people are like, I'm wrinkled. He can still use me. No, he not necessarily. You ain't going to get no Snickers bar. Amen. Glory to God. So, so, so you got to still get the wrinkles out, so you, but you are still valuable to God. Jesus proved our value on the cross. The Bible says he paid a high price for us. Amen. Can I be honest? You don't look for it. When you, if you ever, you know, some, some of you, you know, have you ever lost something like an outfit that was like an old outfit that was ugly anyway? And you say, like, I don't care. You ever had that to happen? Not anybody. Okay. Have you ever had a pair of shoes you might have lost or misplaced? See, there's a difference between, I ain't going to call it a name. See, y'all know what Ferragamos are? See, when you lose those pair of shoes, you're going to be praying and having and fasting. But see, if you lose some other shoes that cost you like $2, you know, the little hospital shoes that they wear, you know, I'll get another pair. Why? Because you don't value it that much. You really only look for what you value. The Bible says Jesus, he comes to seek and save that which is lost. So tell them, say, we have value. Amen. So, so number one, what, is, what do we got to remember when we're having this conversation? Hey, we, 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 everyone has potential to be overtaken. God loves people. God wants us all to be all free, wants us all to be free from sin. And then number four, we are, we are valuable. We are valuable. Here goes another point. I didn't put this on, but I, put, I give you a free point. So here's a free point. We'll always be changing. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 through 18, it says, we go from glory to glory. We, you, listen, you're being perfected, but homie, you ain't perfect yet. Amen. So what does that mean? You'll always 
be in a state of transformation. So I think a lot of times we have problems with this conversation because we feel like, man, I don't have everything figured out yet. Can I be honest? You won't have everything figured out yet. Even when he comes back, there will still be questions we probably will have. We'll be learning about things, even in heaven, because we'll, we'll, we'll always be learning things. But as far as the transformation process, the Bible says when we see him for who he really is, we'll be just like him. So can I be honest with you? Like, it's not, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not telling you to forsake the process because you can't get perfection here on earth. But what I am saying is this, don't, don't frustrate yourself and kick yourself out of the race because you ain't got it all like in two seconds. Because, because you haven't got it all figured out. You haven't got it all worked out. Are y'all with me? I think, I think as, especially as sometimes as newer believers, like it's a hard balance in the fact that, man, I see all of, this th- all of what the Bible says I can have, but I don't have it manifestation yet. Say your neighbor, neighbor, hang in there. The Bible says work out your salvation. So that means you got you to gotta work that thing out. Amen. You got you to stir it up. Amen. And so there may, be, there, may, there may be seasons of your life where, you know what I'm saying, you feel like you got everything covered, but what will happen is God will let you see something fresh. He'll say, he'll say, he'll say like, for instance, you'll be like, oh, I just love everybody. How you doing, brother? Bless you. I love everybody. And then you see somebody who you haven't seen in five years, and you start growling. You ever seen somebody that you growled with? And not only did you growl with, you saw them coming that way, and you said, the Lord is leading me this way. They're coming that way. Do you know why? Because there's still a part that has to be transformed. Okay? And so, like, and so it should not be catching us off guard to realize we still got bones in our closet. Like, I hope this is a church, and I want to say this to you, and I don't know if, firstly, those of you who are here for the first time, like, it's okay to talk about your bones here. Amen? And I'm going to tell you why, because we're all constantly changing. We're not, we might not be changing in the same area, but we're all changing. And not just changing, like just, but we're becoming like Christ. That's the goal. We're, we're becoming like Jesus. We're pursuing Christ's likeness. So we're, we're being perfected, but that doesn't mean we are perfect yet. Are you with me? So that's my other point. Okay, so number one, when you're looking for a person to help you rebound, because the Bible says that these people should be godly. So you, when, you, when, you, when you talk about rebounding and bouncing back, you can't just talk to anybody. Amen. There, there's a certain, uh, uh, you know, I, I put it like this. If, if somebody, if you're drowning, you don't need to go over to somebody else who drowned and ask them to help you out. Because y'all both going to be drowning. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, if you falling asleep at the wheel and you, you going to sleep and your baby in the back, you don't ask your baby to get up in the front and start driving. They can't drive. They, y'all all be dead. Amen. So, so, so like, like when, when, you're, when you're cooking, I, I go to this, it, you know, when, when, have you ever go to restaurants? Some of you ever go to restaurants? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay. okay, I'm not going to call out a specific restaurant, but let's say you go, to, you go to a nice restaurant and you said, boy, you know, I just love this restaurant. It's so nice. And you say, I got to run to the restroom. So you run to the restroom and you go in there and you see somebody and um, they got a chef's hat on. And that. I just hate, I don't like, see, if I don't see it, if it don't get in my mind, it won't hurt me. But, you know, I'm like, they got to use the restroom too, I guess. So I, you go in there, no, no, no pun on any chefs in here. Though. So you, they're, in there, they're in there using, they're using the restroom, they're singing and doing whatever. And so, you know, brothers are a different story in the restroom. That's another story. So they're in the restroom, and uh, 
you every you like okay everybody's going to wash their hands he's got a chef's hat on and you see him go use the restroom Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Why? Because his hands ain't clean. Because you, you thought between him hitting the door, because you try to you figure everybody out, okay, they just left the stall. They're going to wash their hands. Boom, 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 boom. They get the trash can, then the door. But then you hear somebody go, no, that's too quick. Wait a minute. So, wait a minute. You missed the step, bro. You, 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 you missed the step. And then you follow him out. He going in the kitchen. The devil is a liar. Without condemnation, like he ain't done anything wrong. Why? Because we believe there's a certain standard that he should have if he's going to cook our food. And it's the same way with people who are going to help you rebound. Now, I'm not saying I just established that nobody's perfect, but the Bible says that they should be godly. And really the word I want to put there is that they should be strong. Say they should be strong. Number one, a rebound, a, a rebound assistant has strength. Say strength. So if you are ever overtaken in something, and I don't know what that thing is today, but, but we got to go to somebody who's strong and who's steady. Amen? So if it's your marriage, you got to go to someone who has a strong and steady marriage. Listen, because sometimes misery loves company. Amen? And, and sometimes you get with them, and then they get you more, they get you more convinced that to, to divorce or to separate. They get you more convinced to go down the tubes. But the devil is a liar. You need somebody that's going to, like, come against where you are and help you to go up to another level. Are you with me? So you need to find somebody who is strong. Say strong. The Bible calls them godly or to be spiritually controlled. They need to, they need to be spirit-led or they need to be strong. When we follow the Spirit of God, He empowers us. Number two, this person needs to be sensitive. Say sensitive. Okay? Uh, they, they need to be sensitive. Now, now let, me, let, me just, let me just say this to you. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says that Jesus has been touched with our infirmities. That means he doesn't just, he doesn't just help us, he feels us. Are you with me? And like, if you're in a position where you're helping somebody to be restored, like it's important for you to be touched with what they're touched with because it helps you to have compassion. You know, it, it's, it's a lot of us in this room, we have areas that God has brought us out of, and we could easily help people in those areas, those same areas. That, why? Because we've been touched in that area. So, so number two, we have to be what? Sensitive. Hebrews 4, verse 15, for we, not, for we have not an high priest which cannot be what? Touched with what? Of our what? But was in all points what? Like as we are, yet without what? Standard. Without sin, he had a standard or he has strength. So we got to find people that are living the standard or they're strong in this thing. And then we got to also find people that are what? Sensitive. That means that they are touched. They feel us. They get us. Can I tell you this? It makes the conversation better when you know somebody gets you. Just like I said uh, about me being a pastor. And it was like, I was like, I, I've, I've seen since I've been a pastor. It got as quiet as a mouse in here. You know why? Because people don't believe pastors make mistakes. Amen? But if the truth be told, I got flesh like you got flesh. I need somebody to understand that I got flesh just like they got flesh. It don't matter if you're a pastor, bishop, apostle, you got flesh. I need somebody to be able to understand and be sensitive to me, watch this, and, and not even get to crushing me and destroying me, but they're sensitive to my issue. 
Come on now. That, that's, why, that's what I'm going to tell you right now. Like, like men, let me see how I want to say this. And women, I'll get them in there too. There's some, can I say this to you? I believe this, and you can take it or leave it. There's some conversations that sometimes the opposite sex just won't get. And you got to go man to man. And you got to go woman to woman. That stuff I don't get my mom. I don't, I don't know what you're, I don't get it all. But, but, but we, have to, we have to talk to people who are sensitive to our issues. And you know, the person say, I, I was separated. You got to talk to somebody who's sensitive to people being separated and divorced. Because, I mean, that's a touchy issue. It might be pornography. They're sensitive to it. Yeah, I struggle with it. Somebody might say, I struggled with it for seven years, but God brought me out. I know what it was like. But can I tell you this? When you're finding that person, that rebound assistant that's going to help you to bounce back, you have to, which is another point I have, you, you, you have to be honest enough with them so they can know where you're coming from. Y'all with me? Because a lot of us have our preconceived notions about what people think and what people are when they fall into certain. You know, it's important not to just know what someone did, but why they did it. It's important to not just know the fault of a person, but to know the need of a person. Because behind most faults, there is a need. And the need, so for instance, I'm talking to a person, let's say there's a young person, they keep falling into sexual immorality. Then I say, is your fault really the sex? Yes. But what's your need? Affirmation. So until I deal with your affirmation, I'm really not going to heal the root of the problem. Are y'all with me? So, like, we have to be sensitive. We have to understand. Jesus understands as a, as a chief priest, as a mediator, as a great intercessor, he understands what we go through because he's sensitive to people. Number three, we have to, we have to, we ha- our rebound assistant has to seek out relationship. Say relationship. The Bible says Jesus comes to seek and to save that which is what? Lost. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, it says that when Adam and Eve sinned, it says that God began to walk through the garden. Who is the person, let's make it practical, who is the person that will call you up at 1 a.m. in the morning and say, what are you doing right now? Who is the person that will come up to your, come to your house if they ain't seen you in church in the last three Sundays? See, they're going to help you rebound, but rebound ain't going to always be fun because they're going to be up in your face. Who is the person that can get up in our – we're talking about team player this year. you got to have somebody to get up in your face. Who is the person that can get up in our face in a loving way? They're sensitive, yes. They're strong, yes. But they can say, hey, bro, uh, who is that you was talking to the other day? Because it ain't look like your wife. Oh, y'all not talking to me. Who, who is the person – not? Not, not only that does that, but that, that will give you time, that, that will give you time not only to talk to you, but to listen to you. They're, they're not just two seconds and out, but they'll, they'll sit down with you for two hours and they'll cry with you. They'll laugh with you. Come on now. They'll spend time with you. We need people like that in our lives. We need people that will seek out relationships. Jesus comes to seek and save that which is lost. Jesus talks about the parable of the, the person that lost the coin. They sought out the coin. He talks about the person that lost the sheep, the one left, but the 99 other stayed. They sought out the sheep. Who is it that, that th- these people were stranded, these things were lost, and, and who is it that, that, that calls you constantly, that, that will be willing to do that? That will be your rebound assistant. Everybody needs a rebound assistant. They need somebody 
who's got their number. They need somebody who knows where they live. They need somebody. They need somebody. Every spouse needs somebody they can call to go check somebody. Like, he ain't doing right. Come over here and get him. Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And not the mother-in-law or the father-in-law. That's the wrong person. If you talk to my daughter, you don't need that. You don't need nobody acting like Denzel. Amen. (laughs) You need somebody that's unbiased, that's, like, not biased at all. Like, what happened, bro? Come on. Tell your neighbor, you need that. I was, uh, I was, I was, I was doing something, and and my brother, he he said, he said, brother, you need to be careful. That's a good brother. He said, you need to be careful. I kept on, like you know, but but me and my brother had that relationship where he can get in my face, and you need that. Tell your neighbors, you need that. I'm gonna tell you who else helped me out. I'll be honest, whether I allowed her in or not, she was coming. First lady Lockett. If y'all know, that's my mom. And she'd get on the phone, and I'd be like, Lord. And you could tell when it's good because you, you start growling. You get angry. I'm the pastor of a ministry. And you know, you're talking to me like that. Pride. But they're seeking out. They're, like, and can I say this to you? When people are being overtaken, don't wait for them to always come to you. And I'm saying this from the end of if you're helping somebody. Like, if it's a child you know that's struggling, like, you need to initiate the conversation. Because there's some things that shame will stop you from talking about. And you have to constantly, see, the hard part is breaking down the shame. That's why you need people that even in the midst of you being in a sinful state, Adam, I'm still searching for you. I, I know you don't, I know you're naked and unashamed, but I know you're naked, but I'm still searching for a conversation with you. Who is it that doesn't mind how it smells? Because they love you so much, they'll love you through the smell, the odor. It stinks in here. I can't talk to you. No, no. Who is it that can figuratively get into your life and is smelling? It's, mm, but they talk you through it. They're searching out relationship with you. That's where the church needs to be. We need to be known for going in stinky situations. After you shout it. After you praise God and you still did it, we need people that can go in there and say, brother, I'm still here with you. I'm still seeking out relationship with you. After you fasted for three days and you still fell back in, brother, I'm still here with you. You ain't talking to me. After you professed how you just love God so much, you say, brother, I'm still here with you. I love how Jesus, after everything Peter did, he still said, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? The Bible says Peter was hurt, but he was still talking to him. You know, can I tell you this? The Bible says Jesus is knocking at the door. Can I tell you this? It's not God that cuts off the relationship. It's us that cuts off the relationship. It's us that's hiding. Y'all ain't talking to me. And God will use people to step into your life and to say, I'm here whenever you want to talk. I'm knocking. Who is it that can do that in your life? That's that's our rebalances, and all of us need people like that. Are y'all with me? Because number one, they're spirit-led or they're strong. Number two, they're sensitive. They get you. They understand you. Number three, they seek out they, they, they seek out relationships. Say they seek out relationship. Number four, they speak the truth. Say they speak the truth. They're straightforward. How many, and I already kind of have said this, but who is it that don't care what you're doing, don't care what titles you got, don't care how much money you make, but they can just tell you straight? I mean, who is it that don't care, don't care how many accolades you just got? They can say, bro, your breath smelling, man. I mean, who is it that can say, bro, you're getting prideful? 
We need that in our lives. We need people that can step in our lives and say, man, I'm just going to tell you the truth because I love you. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, verse 15, speaking the truth and love one to another that we may grow. We need somebody who can tell us the truth. We need someone that can say, man, you need to set up boundaries. Now, can I say this to you? When boundaries are being set up, people can't force you to have boundaries. We should never do that because that's your relationship with God. But can I say this to you? If, if you feel the Spirit of God convicting you, then we need to set up some boundaries. Amen. Because can I say this to you? You you really, have you ever seen somebody got injured and they had the word brace? They, they had to get some sturdiness in their situation because the brace helps to restore the broken bone. Y'all not talking to me. So it's rigid. It's, it, come on, y'all not know. It's rigid. It's stiff. It's, it doesn't allow you to have a lot of freedom. But what it's doing is it's actually bringing freedom, amen, by, by the stiffness. And, and, and a lot of us have to learn how to put on spiritual braces when we're being restored. There are some boundaries that we have to put on our life that seems like it's bondage, but the bondage is actually bringing freedom. Like, like you got to put a brace on. And there are people that may tell you, brother, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to support you. You don't need to be on the phone after 1 a.m. in the morning. You ain't talking to me. You don't need to be over anybody's house after 1 a.m. in the morning. Except your wife or your husband. Amen. Who is it that can speak the truth in love? And on the other end, we need to speak the truth. When we did something, we need somebody we need, to, we need somebody we can talk to and say, you know what? I did it again. Who do we feel comfortable with? Say, I said this Tuesday night. There was nobody out there in the wilderness with Jesus. So how did we ever find out about his temptations? He had to tell somebody. And he didn't just tell them, he told them in detail. See, see, a lot of us like to be vague when we tell the truth about what's going on. We like to say, yeah, yeah, I kind of messed up. No, 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 who was, I need to know what, no, 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 I need to tell you, I need you to tell me what you were thinking, I need to get, I need specific, Jesus says, Jesus said, the Bible says, the devil said, turn the stone into a loaf of bread, or to bread, that was specific, who, he said, he said, I give you all the kingdoms of this world, that was specific, who is it that we can get specific with, I want to kill him, I want to get a gun, I got a gun right now, I'm gonna go. who can we talk to about that? I'm struggling with bitterness for the other race. I hate the other race. Speaking the truth. Growing. That's how we're going to grow. We got to be real. If we want to be healed, we got to be real. And I'm not, this is not, look, this is not everybody. This is that one person or two people that you can call up and say, I'm going to be honest with you. I did it again. And, 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 I, and I'm struggling. And even in the place of restoration, I'm about to do it, man. You got to come over to my house. Who? And I'm going to be honest, that hurts sometimes because it, be, it might be 1 a.m. in the morning. And you got to get up and say, I got to go help this brother. And he better get help too. You know? it's like, <laughs> how many of you know? <laughs> but, you, but like you need somebody that's going to like be real with you and speak the truth to you and tell you like this addiction you have is not going to be broken until you, you know, whenever a person gets injured on the field, they never stay on the field. Sometimes they have to remove them to restore them. You not get what I'm saying? You can't get restored in the game. Sometimes you got to take people out the game. I, I, I've got to change your pattern and your schedule. Who in your life can speak into your schedule and say, that needs to change? 
because you're going to keep re-injuring that, that thing, that knee, whatever. If you, get, if you don't get out, you got to get removed sometimes to be restored. I love how Jesus, he was in a crowd of people, and they were all weeping and crying, and there was a dead girl, that, uh, uh, the daughter, I believe it was of Jairus, and he told some people, he said, listen, y'all got to get out. There, there's some things, I believe, that have to be removed sometimes in order for restoration to take place. There has to be, look, look at this, there has to be a separation and so you're going to need somebody that, we're going to need somebody that we're comfortable enough with to share, I did it, or I'm going here, or call me, or whatever. And you're going to also need somebody that's bold enough that ain't scared of you, that's not scared of you, that's not scared of you, that's not scared of you. And can I tell you this, if everybody's patting you on the back, you're probably not going to grow. You need somebody that can come, like, you, it needs to hurt sometimes. Tell your neighbor, speaking the truth in love. Got to have somebody you can call right after something happened and say, you know what, I just did something. Nothing bad happened, but I, I'm just, I just want to be restored. I want to be made whole, and I, I don't want to injure this thing over again. Like, I, re- I remember, I, um, I remember it was just recently, I, there was a situation that happened, and uh, I, I called. Now, I, I go and travel sometimes, and when I was at this, this particular event, uh, there was this, this, this young lady, you know, you know young ladies. Y'all know what young ladies are? How many of y'all know, y'all know what young ladies are? Okay, so young ladies, see, some of y'all getting fidgety just hearing me talk about that. I'm going to help somebody out. This young lady, was, she, she was talking to me, and she, she was pure. I believe she was holy, and she was sanctified and all that good stuff. But you know how the conversation can change real quick. You know, let me go to this side. The conversation, bro, Conrad, can change real quick. You could be talking about prayer one moment and, and pray her. No, I'm sorry. I, so, so, so she was talking, we was talking, and uh, it was great. We were in community. We was out in front of old people, and um, the, the young lady, um, she mentioned to me that she was married, so I'm talking to her. I'm like, okay. okay. Now, it's okay to talk with your sister in the Lord if she's married. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying to go off and be like a monk on the, on the, on the, on the hill, but I can't, can't talk, can't. No, no, I was talking, but it was interesting because there came a point in time where the person felt so comfortable. I don't know why they felt so comfortable with me. They said, hey, can I, can I give you my number? I knew some of y'all women are like that. They, can, can, can I, can, can we, it was almost like, can we talk sometime? And I started thinking about y'all and y'all faces and how y'all would look. No. I said, I said. There's no reason in the world for, we, for me to get your, your number, young lady. But you know what I did? I had to think on my toes. I said, you know what? Give me your husband's number. Because I had, listen, I have no business taking a married woman's number. I haven't even talked to your husband yet. He's not going to come after me with a gun. See, these are boundaries, people of God. I'm helping you out. These are boundaries. That's how things happen. That's how people get on the news. So I said, give me your husband number. I don't know if he ever even responded. You know what? I'm, there's not, not going to be any conversation until her husband called me back or until I talk to her husband. I'm not having a conversation with her. Did she mean anything wrong? Probably not. She was just having a good time. But in that good time, it can lead you astray. And so I said, boundary. Poof. 
then I thought, try it. No. And then I think I, told, I, I, think I told my mom or whoever, she, and she got me straight. Amen. So this, this, is, this, this is the thing. Like, like this, is, this is real talk. Like, you, you got you, 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 like you, like you to be real with your boundaries. And, you, and, you, and, and if you're not, then, then what's going to happen is you're not going to be able to properly heal or stay healed. Amen. Because depending on who you're around, you catch a cough. Amen. And so, and so you have to be mindful of that. Did, y'all, did that help you out? Okay, so. Uh, and then lastly, just show people, that they, they, they show people they're valuable, okay? That, like, I believe this is real important, like, especially for those of us on the other side, I believe it's, it's important to realize that when we make the mistake that we still carry value. Like, like you're still valuable. And I'm, I'm going to close with this scripture in Luke chapter 15. Oh, let me do this real quick. Can I give you another scripture? Hold that point. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 27. Because I ain't even read, I'm not even really reading the scriptures today, but I want I want to do this. Proverbs 27, verse 5. And it's a really good scripture. It says, Proverbs 27, verse 5. It says, It says, An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Okay. So I, I know that was pretty touchy what I was just talking about, but the Bible says this. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. And so we need somebody that can just openly rebuke us. And I'm not saying necessarily you have to do it in public, but you need somebody who can, who can like, check you. Like, we all need that. Amen? And so you, you have to be mindful of that. N- number five, um, show people their value. So Luke 15, verse 15, very familiar passage of Scripture. And it talks about a young man, basically, who got off track. And he, uh, we call him the prodigal son. And, and his dad... I believe there's some things from here that we can we can take and, and we can learn that that will that will help us when when we're looking for that person or when we're when we're giving help to another person. In Luke chapter 15, verse 15, it says, uh, "He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs." And it says in verse 16, the young man became so hungry that even the pots he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. He says, when he, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go out, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have what? Against both heaven and you. Can I tell you this? Most people, I would venture to say, they already know they did wrong. When they're confessing stuff to you, so you don't have to add on to it. They already know they're wrong. That's why they're talking to you. He already knew before he had talked to his father that he had sinned, he had messed up. And look at what it says. It says, uh, I says, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your what? So he said, I- I've been demoted because of my sin. And look at what happens. He says, please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a what? Long way off. His father saw him coming. You know why I believe his father saw him coming? Because his father was looking for him. His father was waiting for him. Are y'all with me? He, 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 was, he was looking for an opportunity, not, not, to, not to fight with him, but to love on him. And it says, it says, filled with what? Love and compassion. And compassion. That means I feel for you. I, I, I feel for you. I'm, I'm filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him. Now, did the son run to him? 
initiated. In other words, he sought out this relationship. He ran to his son, embraced him. That means he did what? Gave him a hug. It probably wasn't no love. You know how the men do. You know, we put it in between. But we got to put the fist in between. It probably wasn't like this. It was like, oh, and then he did even further. This is really what men ain't going to do nowadays. He kissed him. He kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have what? Both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and do what? And put it on him, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. Amen. We must celebrate with a feast. So he said, go to Burger King. So get some, get some Burger King, not no chicken sandwich from Pop. From Popeyes, get a. I mean, you can do that. If that's the way the Lord is leading you. But here's the point that I want to give you. He showed, he showed his son he was still valuable. He showed his son he was still valuable. Son probably still stinking and smelly, but he showed him he was valuable. And you got to have somebody that that still shows you that no matter what I've done. You know, that's why people love mama so much and daddy so much and, and grandma. They love people that they, they, they threw up on and all this kind of stuff, and they still showed them value. That's why they cry so much at the funeral, but they showed them so much value when you didn't even see. I think about my dad and, and how my grandmother showed him value. She loved on my father. And there were other people, and even in the family, made it thought otherwise. But my grandma stuck in there, and she was one of his main intercessors and kept showing him value and kept loving on him. And she and 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 even and eventually somewhere probably in between it she got a word. It says, I see a man carrying a black book. A woman gave him a prophetic word. I see a I see a man carrying a black book. And she probably didn't know that there would be a Malachi house connected to him that would help men get off drugs. She didn't know there would be a ministry called Evangel Fellowship that would help empower many people. She didn't necessarily know there would be Triad Christian Center that would be birthed. She didn't know that he would have kids that would raise up and that two out of three of them would be the pastor. She didn't know that, but she hung on to the words, and I believe she kept showing him value till he got it right. Aren't you thankful for people that keep showing you value even when you feel like you're not valuable? They keep telling you you are a man of God. They keep telling you you are called by God. They keep telling you you still have a purpose. Why? Because they choose to show you value. That's what God does. They call out the greatness in you because it's there, but they call it out. They call it out. They call it out. They call it out. So, as we're standing on our feet, give a shout of praise to the Lord. I thank you, Lord. You know, I want to close because in, in uh, the book of John chapter 11, verse 38, Jesus is dealing with a stinky situation. Like, in order to get to the miracle, he had to be willing to face the stench. He had to be willing to face, I'll, I'll make it practical, what I would say is practical to us. He had to be willing to face the stigma. He had, to be able to will, he had to be willing to face the shame in order to get to the miracle. There are some things that we got to roll away, and it might stink as we're rolling away. It might be nasty as we're rolling away. You say, what do you mean? Let me give you the story. When you die, we all begin to stink, right? So Lazarus was dead, and Jesus was going to resurrect him. 
And they, they basically resisted him and said, Lord, he stinketh by now. And Jesus said, it don't matter, roll the stone. And could you imagine if they would have been caught up with the stench, they never would have got to the resurrection? What does resurrection mean? I bounce back. Y'all ain't talking to me. That means I rebound. Can I tell you why some people never rebound? It's just because they can never get over the stench of their dead situation. And I believe, this is what I want you to, I want you to notice, that God loves you so much, he'll allow, he'll cause you to bounce back even when it stinks. Even when it's, even when it causes you shame to even bring it up. He, he's a bounce back God. He will cause you to bounce. You might have missed the shot, but he'll give you another chance. See, the power of a rebound is that when you get it, you can get the ball back in your possession and take another shot again. And so I believe today that as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, there's some people in here today, you just need to rebound. You need to bounce back. And I want to pray for you and pray with you. This is what the church is all about. Listen, we're here to say that you're still valuable. You might have some wrinkles on you, but you're still valuable. God will get you right. God will take care of you. God loves you. He, he still has a calling for your life. You might seem small in your eyes. You might seem like you're inadequate. But can I tell you this? God still has purpose for you today. You are still valuable to the King of Kings. He still knows what he wants to do in your life and through your life. You are valuable. You are valuable. It doesn't matter what you're facing in your marriage and finances. You are valuable. You are valuable. You might have lost all your money through bad stewardship, but you are still, val- you are still valuable today. God still loves you. You're more than a paycheck. God still loves you. He cares for you. So today, I'm here to declare that you are valuable. Jesus paid a high price for all of us to walk totally free from the powers of darkness and the power of sin. You don't have to be ashamed, and no, neither do you have to be afraid in this moment, because I'm going to pray with you, pray for you. And when I count to three, if that's you, you say, pray with me, pray for me. I need, to, I need to get back on the right path. I need to get back on the right path. Okay, I need to get back on the right path. I kind of got distracted. Maybe it was the death of a loved one. Maybe it was the loss of a job. Maybe it was a broken relationship, whatever. But I need to get back on track today. And I just want you to pray with me and pray for you today. And, and if that's you, when I count to three, get ready without shame and fear. Number one, two. And when I say three, I want you just to slip your hand up and say, I want to be included in this prayer. I, I would love to pray with you. Three, slip your hand up and say, pray with me, pray for me. I see that hand right there. Is there anybody else? I see those hands right there. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? It says, pray with me, pray for me. Pray with me, pray for me. Anybody else? It says, I want to get in on this prayer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And also, if, if you say that I want to, I'm saved. I know I'm, I'm, I'm back in right relationship with God. But I kind of I want to learn more about this ministry, and I want to be connected. I believe God is calling me to be here. I just want you to slip your hands up as well, just right now in this moment. Hallelujah. I'm going to give about five seconds, and then we're going to go forward and just pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to connect to this ministry. Now, look, Father, we pray right now. You see the hands that are lifted. Lord, we just pray right now that you are restoring hearts and minds today. Lord, I, I, hope, I hope that through the transparency that, that has been shown today, that, Lord, people are, are being free to be transparent so they can get healed, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are a healer of the heart, Lord. We thank you that when you, when you came after us, you knew we weren't perfect. 
but you but your heart was to perfect us and to transform us you're doing the work as we allow you to do it so lord we give you a yes today we give you a fresh surrender today we say lord we know you love us we know that we should not take your grace for granted we know that your grace is not an allowance to fall into sin but it's actually an empowerment over sin and from this day forward we just make a turn we declare we're rebounding we declare we're bouncing back whatever held us down we're bouncing back right now we're getting back on track we're we're leaving the pit stop and we're getting back on the road we might have pulled over because of the wreck but we're getting back on the road we thank you today that you're changing tires you're changing oil we thank you today that you're changing you're changing our emotions we thank you today that you're healing we thank you today that you're delivering our hearts come on just reach your hands to the lord and say lord freedom in my heart bring freedom in my heart bring freedom in my mind in jesus mighty name come on just give a shout of praise to the lord if you believe that hallelujah Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to The Movement Podcast.